welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the hosts of Community Pulse. And now here's Mary Thangball, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. I woke up early this morning because uh, there was a thing called Buffalo Open Coffee Club, which is a startup-y, techie-type meetup in, in Buffalo, obviously. Uh, and that is not the normal time that I get up in the morning. Like, I got up at like 6.30. Uh, which is not for me. Um, AM? AM, in the AM, 6.30 in the AM. Uh, so that was a, an interesting thing. But that's part of what, why my takeaway was like, you know, support your local meetups because that's one of the things that I talked about there was, you know, we used to have this rich and vibrant meetup community uh, and we don't anymore so much. And uh, I felt meetups excited. Meetups have changed. Oh, absolutely they have. Absolutely they have. Uh, I don't go to them anymore. You should though. Because I think the I only way to, you feel what? I feel bad. I mean, I want to go, but I'm also, I mean, this is a totally off, sop, off topic thing, but it, there's so many of them and we're, I'm, you know, we're already so like overwhelmed with other events and things that you have to get to. They just sort of, mm-hmm. they get moved down the ladder of importance. And then eventually you're like, you know what? I, I just want to stay home and Netflix um, tonight. So right. you end up not going. But well, do you're, you, do you're a champion two before <laughs> two two before noon on a Tuesday? Uh, but do you feel that since you changed jobs, you are less likely to go to your local meetup? So let's bring it back to the topic. Do you do you feel like when you were with Victor Ops, you were more often at the local meetup? Maybe because Victor Ops is based not far from where you live, and you were kind of um, running a bunch of them. I don't know. I would definitely go to. Well, I would say the ones that I was directly involved in, you know, organizing or, or co-organizing like Dev, uh, Denver's DevOps or um, the SRE in the front range one. Um, if I have some sort of like co-organizer role, it's easier to stay involved. If it's just Absolutely. me wanting to go check out like the latest, um, you know, Kubernetes meetup or whatever it may be. Uh, I just don't, I, I don't want to, I feel like I already, it's a self, it's a self care thing, you know, so like, ah, right. Do I really got to go to another one because I'm already, I'm already going to so many things that are work related that, um, I just don't have as much when I have, I guess, free time, personal time, I really try to avoid doing stuff like that, I guess. I don't that, know. that makes sense. That makes it's sense. hard. That, it's, it, it's, it's finding a balance, you know, but feels like I've swung all the way in the other direction. But if you look at it, you know, like I'm recording my time lately more on rescue time and like seeing where my, where my like energy is being dispersed and it's still with the community. It's just that I'm just not going to the meetups and not going to the, the stuff I used to do. Right. Well, I, I guess that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of an interesting an interesting point though too because you're also now i mean victor ops was sure they were international but at the same time they were kind of locally based in that denver area uh so a lot of the meetups you were doing were happening there mm-hmm. then you moved to i mean you work at microsoft now which is a large international corporation right uh so you know you're seeing more travel which also makes it more difficult to get to the local meetups uh but also there's less pinpointing like there's less of a need for them to drive you know a 20 person meetup in boulder uh, on the topic of uh, Office 365, I don't, I don't know. Sure. Well, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I, I would be talking about Azure things, but yeah, I think there the, we're definitely encouraged to continue. You know, going to meetups, speaking at meetups, just being a part of those communities, and um, and especially if it if it lines up with you know, so let's say next 
um, next year when I'm traveling a bunch for the tour, if I'm in, you know, some country, some city overseas and we can line up a meetup uh, to sort of, uh, you know, pair up with, with my visit, then that's something we will try to do. Sure. Uh, but it feels like um, maybe, you know, what I just kind of came to my mind is m- maybe it's just the maturity of the subject, you know, like meetups were meetups are so critical to like a, like an early groundswell of some new thing. But once subjects and and maybe languages or tools or whatever kind of mature a little bit uh, for me, I guess I've just, I start to lose a little bit of interest in, in the, the content of what most of the meetups are kind of designed around. Right. I like being there and having conversations and seeing what everybody's up to and what are the challenges. But when I'm going to a, a meetup over on a certain subject that I've already just maybe gotten enough of, that's not the real reason for me to go anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like seeing a, the, I actually, I, I gave a talk at a meetup ironically about this, this topic, the idea that, you know, for, for a long time, uh, especially in the language space, uh, you couldn't go to a conference, whether single track, multi-track, large scale, small scale, local, whatever, uh, without hearing at least four or five talks about testing. Uh, when testing was the hot new thing, everyone wanted to talk about testing. Uh, yet at the same time, like that became such a beaten into the ground concept that, you know, there were there were meetups surrounding testing, different ways to test in different languages, and now. You know, and I'm talking QA testing for anybody who's not familiar. I'm not talking about like, you know, SATs or whatever. Um, but like that was such a subject that was beaten to death that people actually saw a, a removal. Like people were pulling away from the meetups because they're like, how many times can you tell me I need to talk, I need to start testing or I need to use this QA platform or whatever before either I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it and I'm not going to listen to you. But either way, I'm done listening to you on the topic. Yeah. Uh, and that, I mean, I think that's interesting in, in, in the context of what we were talking about, because I think there were at, at a while ago, certain jobs where you're like, all right, you are the specific to this knowledge domain DevRel person, and you have a team of people who are specific to another knowledge domain. Um, and those lines are starting to blur now. Where it's kind of like, oh, you have a general set of knowledge. You can probably work at any company doing DevRel and pick up on whatever is going on now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It just kind of dawned on me that I, I think, and I think it kind of pairs up with what you were just saying too, is that it's, it depends on not only the maturity of that subject, but also for the individual, mm-hmm. you know, there's still people who, who show up to a Denver DevOps meetup um, and the term's still fresh to them and they're still trying to understand, you know, what, what this whole thing means. Meanwhile, you know, the rest of us have been talking about it for 10 years. Right. And, and like myself personally, I'm kind of now getting interested in new things. Um, and it's, um, to me, like maybe it makes sense for me to start going to meetups that are related to AI just because I'm new to that subject. And I feel like I can get a lot out of those meetups. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of me being selfish too. It's if, if I can't get something out of it, I'm not going and I'm not maybe putting on the, well, what can I provide mm-hmm. my community by showing up and, and being there enough? Well, I think it's, it's interesting though. And that now I have a, another question popping up in my head. Like what is the, the turnover or, or, or recidiv- recidivist kind of look at a meetup? Like how many people say, you know, like you're saying, they go to the DevOps meetups for, DevOps meetups for two years and then they slowly move over because they're interested in something else to 
a Kubernetes meetup. And then they're like, oh, cool. Now I'm getting into machine learning. Now I'm going to go to the machine learning meetup. Meanwhile, there's people that were into machine learning before or into something else. And now they're like, oh, I want to check out the DevOps meetup. So there's some sort of like continuum of people moving through these meetups. It's really all like it's the same 100 people that are going to 10-person meetups, 10 different 10-person meetups, just cycling through. Um, I'm curious to know what that would look like if that's, if that's the case or if I'm just completely imagining that. No, I think it's all, I think we're just, it's something I haven't stopped to think too much about, but there's just a lot of, uh, you know, what we would say in SRE is there's a lot of contributing factors to this thing because also for me, I have at least a 30 to 40 minute one way drive to get to any meetup for me to even go to one. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got you know, put some effort into it and drive and drive probably, you know, like rush hour traffic, not really interested. Um, unless it's going to be something, you know, unless there's a high expectation of it, you know, being something I just can't miss. Right. But, Which is uh, also actually kind of interesting because I, I find it somewhat odd or maybe, maybe an interesting phenomenon that a lot of people who work in DevRel, um, like, I mean, I'll use myself as an example because it's easy. I'm sitting here. Um, I've had lots of different DevRel jobs, yet I've mostly been in this chair. Um, I travel around the world, yet I spend most of my time at home. Uh, and yet that makes it actually more difficult to get out to a meetup because it's, it's kind of that willingness to say, all right, well, I was working all day. Um, I'm not in the city right now. I would have to drive 20 to 30 minutes uh, to meet these people who I've been talking to online all day in Slack or, or wherever on Twitter. Um, is there enough interest in that event for me to actually go or is it easier for me to sit back and say, I'll catch these people on the flip side or what have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something to think about, but it, it, you know, to sort of put a, put a bow on it. I think just meetups in general have sort of evolved. Um, I would say, you know, early on, let's say maybe even eight, nine years ago, meetups were, um, not for me, not something I use for technical communities at all. You know, I used them. Mm-hmm. It's how I, it's how I met like, um, all my friends that I went snowboarding with and became, you know, now we're lifelong friends, uh, same with, you know, wakeboarding. And then that eventually led me to, you know, meet my girlfriend. Like it was, it was, a, it was a way for me to get out and, and network, um, more socially. And, mm-hmm. and then once it became part of the job, I think it's not, I don't know. Like, it's not it as attractive anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not because I'm, I'm not making all, you know, I'm still making a ton of like good friends, but it's, it, I don't know. It just has, it, it's the, the tool has, you know, sh- shifted from being a hammer to a, a, a lever, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all, it's just changed for how, what I want to use it for, I guess. This is the best way I can right now put it, but it's not as, it's not as valuable to me as it used to be. Now, to, to kind of bring it back to the, the content from the episode, because um, we kind of talked about your transition from, from Victor Ops to Microsoft. Do you feel like that was a, a huge change and maybe people in your local community said, wow, Jason's really stepping up in the world or, you know, wow, Microsoft, because I think that um, like that's something that moms and grandmas understand. When you get a job at Microsoft, that's a big deal. Uh, when you get a job at IBM, that's a big deal. Whereas they're like Victor Ops, I don't understand what that, I don't understand what startups do. Um, do you think it changes the way the community views you? Like I kind of got, I, I feel like that's something we maybe should have asked our guests, but let's, let's see what you and I have to say about it. Um, yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, my hope was at least in my personal, um, experience of going from one, you know, smaller company like Victor Ops 
to to the larger Microsoft situation. Um, it's not. I think there's a lot of factors in there, but. Uh, to me, I've been sort of watching what Microsoft has been doing for the past few years and um, and being very interested in what's going on there. And so once I once it went from curiosity to, oh, I know what's going on in there and I like what I see what's going on in there and then I want to be part of what's going on in there, then it just became like really easy for me to tell the story of, you know, this this is why I'm jumping ship. You know, it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with like m- me just wanting to try something bigger. I mean, that, there's a little bit of that, but I'm mostly coming um, from an angle where, yeah, I'm going to bring my expertise to to Microsoft and like teach them some things, but also I'm looking forward to learning a bunch of stuff about what, you know, what they're capable of and sharing that with everybody I know. But also, um, I hope to be maybe that um, that olive branch to mm-hmm. anybody who trusts me and trusts my feedback and my opinions um, about what the company does and, and what we're you know trying to do and trying to be. I hope that they you know it, it helps paint a, a picture for them that um, you know that I would only do something like that because I felt really strongly about the company. Like I, I just, right. part of the question I had, I'm kind of stumbling over my words right now, but part of the question I had during the show was, is there someone who's off limits, you know? And I have a few for sure. Um, but Microsoft wasn't one of them. Absolutely. And right. I think that like, it like silently speaks, you know, something to people when you choose one company over another, no matter who you think are paying attention to what you do. I definitely, I 100% agree with that. Um, and, and I do think that, I mean, we kind of confirmed on the show, but I do think that, that everyone, regardless of whether they're in DevRel or not, I think everyone who works in technology definitely has a list of, of let's say, you know, non-preferred jobs. Like, I, and kind of, I, I think we made it a little black and white, and I think there's more gray there. There's like, you know, there's people I, 100%, I drop everything to go work for you. And there's companies that you're like, eh, maybe if I had to, I'd take the job. And then there's kind of the other spectrum, which is like, no, I will never, I, I will starve before I take a job from you. Um, which is, I mean, it, it's different from everyone's perspective because everyone knows or has different information. Uh, you know, you, when you joined Microsoft, I wasn't like, oh, Jason, Jason's just a corporate stooge now. Because <laughs> um, I, I know you, I know that you, A, you would never enter into that decision lightly. And, and like you said, Microsoft has changed a lot from that, you know, super big, you know, we make spreadsheets and, and beige uh, software kind of organization to being one of the largest open source contributors in the world, uh, really focusing on, on fostering community in every aspect of what they're doing. Um, and I'm not here to promote Microsoft. That's your job, not mine. Um, <laughs> But at the You're same doing time, a great like, job though. <laughs> but but yeah, but at the same time, like they really understood what it meant to be uh, a, a leader and a company to want to, to that other companies would want to emulate in the tech community. Like they knew how to take over that space. They they kind of did it silently. Now, had you asked me 10, 15 years ago, would you work for Microsoft? My answer would have been no. Yeah. So my point to all this is people can change on that list. Yeah. Uh, companies can change on that list of of go no goes. Um, And I think that, that we as, as practitioners or participants need to be aware of uh, a company's ability to change, just like a person's ability to change. Absolutely. And honestly, if, if, if something happened, you know, during my time at Microsoft where suddenly I was like, you know, I'm not okay with 
with this scenario anymore, then I, my opinions change, you know, and mm -hmm. I go somewhere else. I mean, people, we know lots of people who work at lots of these companies that we're, we're referring to, you know, some of my closest friends work at work at companies that are off, that are just, you know, on my no touch list. Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't change my, you know, opinion towards them. Um, everybody's situation's different and, uh, you know, it doesn't even really come down to ethics or morals or anything like that. It's just everybody's situation is a little bit different. Right, right. Well, I, I think that I think that Alice put it really nicely when she said, you know, I, I work to live. I don't live to work. Uh, and I think that's a good attitude to have. Like, I, I will take a job because I do have bills and I do need to pay them. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I, I won't take a job that crosses a line because it, you know, and some of those lines are an expectation of, of. 80 hours a week or, you know, any company that is on the, the, what they call the nine, nine, six list is definitely a company I'll never work for. Yeah. And for our <laughs> listeners, for those who aren't quite familiar, nine, nine, six is the idea that you work from 9am to 9pm, six days a week, which is absurd. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't anybody tell you that. Yeah. And also, um, what, one of the things though, I, I, when she pointed that out or mentioned that about, um, you know, working to live versus living to work, that kind of thing, which I totally subscribe to. I mean, anybody who knows me, like I love to be outside and playing, but I th also think that, um, you have to be, it just, de it depends on sort of your long-term ideas on what you, what you're doing, but people trust you, you know? And so if they get this impression that you're just there to do the job so that you can live a good life, you know, you know what I mean? Right. If you don't, if you don't portray that, or if you don't pull that off in a way that feels genuine and people, they're going to question your trust, I guess, or the, the trust part of the relationship implicit or not is going to be challenged. I agree. And I think that's a good place to end for the after pulse today. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so if folks have more interesting ideas, feel free to ping us on Twitter and respond to some of the things that we've said. Uh, we'll be back in about a month uh, with another episode of the Community Pulse and the After Pulse. Till then, take care. See you, everybody. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. And PJ Hangry at Asplenic on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.